0: Good morning, again, I'm Dave, I'm the lead pastor here. Um, And I know pride is a sin, okay, but I have to tell you that I was just kind of sat there this morning reflecting on what's been happening so far in the service, and I felt a little bit proud of Connect Church. Um, As someone who planted this church just a little under four years ago, um, for Casey and I, we kind of knew in our heart what we wanted to see happen. So, uh, at the very core of Connect Church, we wanted to, to reach people who don't yet know Jesus, to reach people who have not met and discovered a relationship with Jesus. And we knew that um, there are some people out there that that for them, they have maybe some um, some barriers that would stop them coming to a church. So we knew we couldn't expect them just to come to us. So we were going to have to be creative in a ways that we tried to reach our community. So we have this event coming up this Saturday, Family Fun Fest. Uh, It's our fifth year of doing it. Hundreds of people will be coming to this event. I mean, kids, families, and I know, because we've seen this happen in years gone by, I know that some of these families will come, and maybe they'll see some friends here, maybe they'll wander around the gym, maybe they'll kind of connect, that <laughs> connect. this is actually where we have church each week, and, and maybe one of those families who comes next week will return on a Sunday morning and get to learn that God loves them, that God has a plan for their lives, Maybe they'll connect with some of you. Maybe you'll invite a neighbor or a friend to come along, and uh, it's been hard to imagine them coming to church with you, but you can invite them to something with inflatables and free Kona ice. It's like, that's easy. Come, on, come along to this with me, and, and then, you know, hey, you should come again on a Sunday. This is where we have church, and we will see people connect with Jesus and come to know him. We've had in our heart from the very beginning that we want to put as many resources as possible into impacting the next generation. Here at Connect, we love kids, and we love teenagers. And I'm watching that video, and I'm thinking, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that we've got leaders, volunteers, who literally are putting in so much time and energy into making some fun events because ultimately they want these students to come back And come to youth group and find out that God loves them, that God has an amazing plan for their lives. And then on top of that, (laughs) I believe that God is real. I believe that God wants a relationship with you. And I believe that when we come on a Sunday into this gymnasium, and maybe we're had a crazy week at work, maybe we've got a crazy week coming up, but just for an hour on a Sunday morning, we can kind of switch off and just focus in on God. And who he is and how much he loves us. Our heart from the very beginning that when we worship, when we sing, these aren't just songs we listen to or songs we sing along to that have no meaning. This is reality. This is a real engaging time between us and God. So as I'm sitting here this morning looking at the amazing musicians that we are so blessed to have, so fortunate to have, I realize this is amazing because there are some people this morning who are connecting With God through worship, maybe this is new. Maybe there are some people here this morning that they're visiting church and this is—they're kind of looking around, thinking, "I don't know what it is, but there's something." That's Jesus. That's the presence of Jesus in this place. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And I have to be honest—I was sat there thinking, "Let's just get up there and wrap it up. We've had enough great this morning. It's just—it's just been with, with what we've seen the youth doing with the worship. It's just been a great morning, but." But no, I'm not doing that because I've got stuff I want to say. So uh, <laughs> sorry, thought you were going to get out early there, didn't you? <laughs> So before I get started on what I want to talk about, just real quick, I want to give a big shout out to um, the amazing members of Connect Church who took part yesterday in the St. Jude race. If you're here this morning, I I don't want to just stand up, I don't want to embarrass you, but just throw your hand up in the air. If you were involved somehow, you shook a can, you ran, you were a support. Anyone here? I can see some hands. Let's give them a round of applause. (laughs) This great group right here. So just on the Washington Run, 12 members of Connect were out there, fantastic, well done, all of them. Um, I went down and uh, got to see them before they left. Uh, I rode my bike, because it's quite a long way from my house to Five Points, I didn't want to run down there. So uh, (laughs) I got to see them, and I got to pray with them before they left, so uh, it was just brilliant. I don't know if you heard the news, but just the Washington Run alone raised $330,000 for St. Jude, isn't that incredible? And getting to pray with them was awesome because some of you know our story that Justin and Caitlin, our youth pastors, uh, their son, Rowan, he's a a patient at St. Jude. He spent a month there uh, down in Memphis earlier this year. And as a church, we we love that family. We're praying for that family and uh, knowing that these runners are helping families like theirs. Uh, because they're donating to this wonderful, wonderful organization. So, so great job, St. Jude Runners. I saw Casey. I saw Casey. I see Casey all the time. Casey and I were talking last night, and she saw the runners. She was out by herself uh, yesterday. She was out driving, and uh, she got to a point where they all ran by. And uh, she was telling me last night, with dinner, she goes, it's really weird. She goes, I don't know why, but when I see stuff like that, I get all emotional. She goes, I teared up because they were running by. She goes, and I think what it is, is when a group of people come together for a Common cause, whatever it is, she goes. I just get really emotional as they were running by, knowing that they were all running together. She goes, I just was tearing up. I said, "That's dumb," but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, of course, I tear up as well. It's very emotional. <laughs> but the truth is, there's something about that, isn't there? Where people come together and um, and hear it connect. I, it, it moves me, the idea. We, we talked last Sunday, if you were here, about our, our strategy to help plant churches across the United States. And I hope you, if you were here, you enjoyed that. We had some friends here who are planting churches in Kansas City and Boston. And I hope you left thinking, I'm a part of that. Because I've given the offering, because I'm a part of Connect Church, we're a, we're a part of that. And this morning, we're going to continue that conversation because Connect really has a heart to plant churches, not just locally, but globally as well. And I want to tell you our strategy. I want to tell you how it is that we plant churches globally. And one of the big ways we've done this up till now over the last three or four years is by partnering with an organization called Compassion International. Compassion International is a a fantastic organization. It makes a huge difference in the lives of children around the world. Their their vision statement, their motto is um, releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name. Compassion got started about uh, 60 years ago, 70 years ago. A a guy by the name of um, Everett Swanson. He was an evangelist in the 50s, and in the middle of the Korean War, he decided that um, God was calling him to go over and to, to reach the troops in Korea. So he was over there, and he was speaking and preaching to the troops, the American troops that were stationed in Korea, and uh, saw a lot of things happen. Saw people give their lives to Jesus, saw people become Christians. It was a wonderful time for him. But what blew him away while he was there was the, the, the children in that, in that country, because this war had been going on for a while now, and, and it had taken a lot of families, and there were a lot of children that were left orphans as a result of this conflict. He says it just never ceased to amaze him seeing these children on the streets just begging for food because they had no home or there was no orphanages anywhere that would look after them. He tells the story of how one morning he he awoke early and he was walking the streets of Korea and uh, he saw the garbage truck up ahead of him. It was like a big truck and and it was pulling up to shop doorways and it was picking up big piles of rags and trash and throwing it on the truck. And then it would go to another storefront and it would pick up another pile. And and as he got closer, he noticed that uh, the guys picking up the piles, they were kicking the piles before picking them up. And he figured maybe that rats were a big problem there. Maybe they're kind of scaring away the rats before grabbing the piles, throwing them on. But he tells a story of how he then got closer. And he, he, he got close enough to see one of these piles. And he realized it wasn't garbage. It was what looked like piles of clothes. But then when he got closer, he saw these weren't just clothes. He saw the arm of a child. And he realized these weren't piles of clothes. These were piles of children sleeping in doorways overnight. And the, what this truck was doing was it was um, picking up children that, because of the cold, the extreme, the hunger, the poverty, hadn't survived the night. The reason they, they kicked the piles was to try and find out if these kids were still alive or dead. Flying back to America, he couldn't get that picture out of his mind. He thought, I can't just return home and not do something about that. So he began asking friends for money and support, and they, they would go back to Korea and try and look after these kids, and, and bit by bit, this grew, and it turned into this, what's now an international organization that works with children in poverty all around the world. It's called Compassion, and they're a fantastic organization. Casey and I have been sponsors. Uh, we sponsor children through this organization. Uh, through, for many years, we've done this because we know that it makes the difference in the lives of those kids. There's a video here from one of those children to tell you just what compassion does in their lives.
1: When I was five years old, my dad broke his leg and he couldn't work. We didn't have money for food. I was very scared. Near our home, bad people would be out at night and there was always trash everywhere. I felt like no one cared about me and I didn't matter. When I was nine, one of my neighbors told me about compassion. I didn't know what it was about, but I liked it because I received a lot of help. I was fed there at the church and I learned how to take care of myself. I learned that I was special and that God loved me and that he had a plan for my life and I learned that I could ask Jesus into my heart. And when I did, I was so happy. I was waiting to get a letter from my sponsor, and when it finally came, I felt very happy and special. They were very loving in their letters. They loved me so much, even though we never met in person. At 15, I remember being so thankful for my sponsors and everything they did for me. I will remember them until the last day of my life. Without their help, my life would be so different. All I can say is thank you for so much love that showed me God's love. Now I know I have value and I know I have a future. My name is Hilda, this is my story.
2: For you. Now I have
0: to tell you something kind of funny. I was working on my message this week and spending a lot of time on Compassion's website, doing research about the uh, impact of poverty around the world, just that many children don't have access even to clean water, uh, that that itself is a huge problem. A, a, you know, it can kill children around the world. And this is around Monday, Tuesday of this week. I'm working on this. and At the same time, I'm looking at Facebook because here in Washington, we're under a boil order. And it's like the world's come to an end. People are freaking out. They're like, I don't know, can I drink the water yet? I think I might have just cleaned my teeth. Will I die? You know, and just this irony that I'm sat here looking at people who that's their world. That's the question they ask every single day. Is this water safe for me to drink? And for three days... We panicked because of something we take for granted. So Case and I, we, um, we sponsor these children. $38 a month will sponsor a child. So we just think this organization is wonderful. And right before Connect launched, I was very fortunate um, through the organization that helped us get planted. Uh, they, they took a bunch of us pastors to a Compassion um, location in Ecuador, South America, So I got to go there, and I got to meet some of these kids. I got to see what they were doing. Uh, Just precious, beautiful kids living in poverty. Just something I'll never, ever forget, seeing what was going on over there. I actually had the privilege. uh, I got to go to the home and meet. The next picture here is the home, and this young guy is Luis. This is uh, who we sponsor. The next picture, if you can flick it over right there, that's Luis. That's who our family sponsor We write him letters. He writes us letters. We send $38 a month to Compassion, and it helps make sure that Luis gets food and clothing and education because we want his story to be like Hilda's story. But here's the amazing thing. I went to Ecuador knowing that Compassion was a great organization. But while I was there, they started to show us around, and they said, you see that city over there? That's a city we want to start, a Compassion Center, because there's hundreds of kids there that we could help. There's actually even a pastor in that community that would like to start a church in that community. But right now, we can't open a compassion center, and he can't start a church because there isn't a physical building for them to meet in. So we're trying to save up some money, and we're hoping that after about five or six years, we'll have enough money saved to build a building there. We asked, how much money is that that you need? They said $85,000. $85,000. I think the majority of us here spent more uh, on our house and what they need to build that church. So um, we met together as pastors afterwards, and we said, you know, I think we can help with that. So Connect Church, we made a commitment right back then that we were going to help build some churches so that compassion could reach some kids in those areas. So since we launched, thanks to um, offerings and thanks to you guys giving on a regular basis and us making this commitment, we've now started two churches in Ecuador. That's a map of Ecuador right there, one up in the north, one down there in the middle, One of the churches we've started is kind of right on the coast there in a fishing village. I've got a picture here of of that area with a pastor and his wife. We get communication from these churches. This particular pastor and his wife, he wrote in an email, As a pastor, I thank you for making this new church infrastructure possible by providing the resources to build it. As these facilities serve to share the word through meetings with parents and their children. We are grateful for this wonderful gesture. This is now a reality. This is an email that's been written to you, Connect Church, because you played a part in planting that church. We got another email from another pastor. He was the one in the middle of the country. In fact, this next picture here shows the, um, the kids in the area there up in the north in a region called Esmeraldas. You can see them here. Let's pull up that next picture. They're gathering there for uh, a time with their uh, compassion meeting but the second location, a bit further south, the pastor, there said, as, a pas- as pastor, I thank you for the collaboration you have had in building this church, because, because the Lord will bless you even more. Because thanks to your support, the children of this community will be guided by us, so that in the future, they may be good people. Therefore, we, the team of the church and the people of the community, thank you in the name of the Lord. So thank you, Connect Church. You may not have realized this, but you are a part of something far bigger than just Washington, Illinois. Last week, we discovered that we were a part of something um, bigger on a national level. We've partnered with churches in Minneapolis and, and Boston and Kansas City to help spread the name of Jesus across this country. But we have a global desire to plant churches through this organization, Compassion. And as well as planting those churches, we also have a chance to make a difference in the lives of those children. We have packets this morning, and you can take a packet. If you want to sponsor a child, it's $38 a month. But we specifically ask Compassion, would you just send us packets from these two areas? So all the packets back at the table are from those two stars that you saw on those maps, those on that map, those two areas that we've planted churches Next summer, we're working right now on a trip to go to Ecuador to visit one of those churches. And there's a sign-up sheet back on the table there. You can sign up and say, I'm interested in being a part of that trip. I'd love to go over and see the church that Connect helped build. I'd love to go and meet the kids that we sponsor. Maybe even meet your own child. And it's just been brilliant seeing the difference it can make in the lives of these children. You know, we could ask ourselves the question this morning, couldn't we? Well, why should we help? Why should we help? What difference can we possibly make? This is a global issue. We're not going to solve poverty just by sponsoring one child. Surely that's the job of the local government or UNICEF or someone like that. But the reality is, if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, I don't think we have a choice. And here's why I'm telling you this. We did a series recently, didn't we, called The Genius of Jesus, and we talked about the parables that Jesus told. One of the parables he told, we didn't talk about this one, but it's called the parable of the Good Samaritan. And in this particular parable, Jesus was being tested by a religious leader. He says, you know, Jesus, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a follower of you? And Jesus said, well, what do you think it means? this guy said, well, and he kind of quoted the law of Moses, and he said um, that you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your minds, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus kind of turned this way and said, what do you think? And he says that, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you're right. That's exactly what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But he says, but who do you think your neighbor is? And then he tells this story as only Jesus can. He tells a story of a, a, a man who is beaten and robbed within an inch of his life. And people you would expect to help him, a, a rabbi and a Jewish leader, they walk by and ignore him. And then a Samaritan comes along. And the Samaritan responds differently. In fact, it actually says in the story that Jesus tells that the despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. You know, if the story ended there, already he's responded differently. The other two ignored him, but this guy felt compassion. This guy felt pity. So maybe that's the answer this morning. We need to have compassion. We need to feel bad for these people in the world. But it doesn't end there, does it? Jesus says that the Samaritan not only had compassion for him, he gathered him up and he bandaged his wounds He put him on the back of a donkey. He took him to a nearby inn. He paid his his bill. He said, look after this guy. I'm going to come back through. If you need more money, I'll give you more money. He made a difference in that person's life. And I think Jesus is saying to us today still, you can't just walk by. In fact, you can't even just say, I I pity. I I have compassion. I think as followers of Jesus, he's challenging us to do something. Something. So this morning, there's a couple of things that I'm going to challenge us with, a couple of things that we can do. One of those things is check out the table on the way out. Many of you have already done this. There are many children who are already being sponsored thanks to Connect Church Families. But maybe you've not. Maybe this is the first time you've heard about something like this. Check out the table. Maybe you could sponsor a child today. Maybe you'll make the difference in the life of a child today. The second thing is we're going to try and plant some more churches. We're going to continue to try and plant churches around the world because new churches reach new people. And the areas that we're working in around the world, new churches, don't just reach new people. They change the communities that they're in because these are churches in in places of real poverty. So something really interesting happens this year. Um, Two things happened at once, which is just bizarre. First, we got news that Compassion as an organization was having to withdraw from India. The country of India had said, listen, we don't want you here anymore this is our problem. We want to take care of it. You guys are just here trying to convert us, so we want you all out. So all of the work Compassion was doing in India almost overnight shut down. All of the children that were being sponsored there, all the children that were being looked after there, they were all, all the Compassion sponsors were taken out. Not because the need had been met, but because they didn't want Compassion meeting that need. At the same time, I met a friend at a conference and he was a pastor, and he was telling me about this organization that's transforming northern India and Nepal. In fact, I'm putting the front, the picture of their brochure on there, and I had to black out the name of the organization because this message will go on the web. And this organization doesn't want this, you know, the Indian government to shut them down either. So they're actually quite careful how they promote themselves. But they are training up pastors. And they're sending them out to plant churches in an area in northern India and Nepal where there are 500 million people who have yet to learn about Jesus and how much he loves them. And amongst those 500 million people, there are kids living in poverty. There is disease. There is um, poverty, famine. And these pastors are being trained up and then sent out. And it was awesome. I was talking to him. He says, Yeah, they, they spend about six months or a year being trained, and then we send them out with um, enough finances to last the next two years a bicycle, some Bibles, and some musical instruments, because that's all they need to plant a church. And their goal then is the next two or three years, they'll plant between three and five churches each. They'll go into these communities and they'll plant between three and five churches each. They'll raise up leaders to send back to this, this center. Where more will be trained up, given a bike, given some Bibles, given some music, and they'll go and plant their churches. I says, that's incredible. He says, Dave, we're seeing churches planted all over this area, people coming to know Jesus, kids' lives being changed. And he said, You know how much it costs? He says, $7,000 will plant three to five churches. I thought $80,000 was a great price compared to what it costs in America. He said for $7,000, we're planting multiple churches. So Connect made a commitment. We said we're going to try and plant two churches in India this year or or raise up two church planters to go and plant churches in India this year. So here's the ask I'm coming to you with this morning. Now, let me um, preempt this by saying this. I know that in the last few months we've asked several times over and above what you normally give. So I want to free you up this morning. Please, we're going to take an offering. That's what we're going to do. But please don't feel any pressure to give here this morning. Some of you give a lot, give over and above. But if last week and this week when you've been hearing about what God's doing through these church plant movements, it stirred your heart and you thought, I want to be a part of that. I want to help make that happen. We already take some of the funds we collect each week in the offering and we set this aside. But this week I want to take up a special offering just for that. And we're going to use that money to help reach this goal in India and even help with these guys last week who were in uh, Boston and Kansas City. So for the guys who come forward right now, we're going to get ready to take that offering. Uh, you can give online as well. Uh, you can mark your gifts, uh, Compassion or Church Planting. I think there's even an option on the online app for that. So uh, as they come forward to get ready to take that offering, let me just say a prayer here. Father. Lord, I know that people here at Connect already give over and above, give so much. We ask a lot. But I know, Lord, that there are some here this morning that when they hear stories like this, when they realize how blessed we are to go three days without water from the faucet and yet have clean water still through bottled water and and to know that this is just a temporary thing, to realize, God, you've blessed us. You've blessed us where we live. And God, there are people in the world who don't have what we have. And a dollar given today can make a huge difference thousands of miles away. So thank you, Lord, for those who continually give and for those who are supporting this offering this morning. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As those um, buckets are being passed, let me close out with one last story here. So. I'm a big fan of Compassion. Like I said, Case and I have been sponsoring children uh, for many, many years. One of the questions I get asked a lot about this organization, because there are other organizations like this, is, are you really sponsoring that child, though? Or is it just some marketing thing where they show you a picture of a kid, and then really all the money goes to this organization, and some goes to the kids? And What I've come to learn over the years is you literally are sponsoring that child, now, the money goes to compassion. and I'm sure some of that money is used for their expenses and overheads, that kind of thing. But you are in connection with that child. That child writes to you. You get to write to that child. So as well as sponsoring that child, you're making a difference in that child's life. In that video we just saw of Hilda, did you see there was a moment she held up the picture of the family that sponsored her? So I'm at this conference about 10 years ago, maybe eight years ago. And they were talking about compassion, and uh, they invited a guy called Jimmy to come and speak. Now, Jimmy grew up in Africa. Jimmy grew up in poverty. And when he was very young, um, he was sponsored as a compassion child. He said it changed his life forever. He had access to food and and clothing, which he never would have had were it not for compassion. He said it actually took him from a very dangerous path that he could have ended up in that particular area to being safe and was actually now living in America because he was studying at Bible College so that he could go back to his country as a pastor to reach others. So Jimmy was talking about the impact of his personal sponsor, and I got to be there to see this happen. So check out this video that
2: will close. Hello Jimmy, my name is Mark and I'm 20 years old. I'm glad to have the opportunity to have a friend in Kenya. I don't know anyone outside of Canada The reason I'm writing to you is because of a really important friend we have. You see, when I was younger, I didn't really know about Jesus, who he was, but last year some people taught me about a great friend named Jesus. My life has changed. I really love this world and the people within it, all because of God's love for me and you and everyone. So even though you are halfway through the world, I know that God loves you and cares for you. He mapped my old vision for life. He mapped my old vision for life in these few words. Because from then, my life is a different life. I'm at Moody Bible Institute right now, studying the Bible to go back to Kenya to go back to Kenya and stand in the gap in the same way Mark Hells from Canada stood in the gap for me. My mother died six years later after the sponsorship. It is the same time I got saved and knew what my sponsor meant when he said he's a real good friend in Jesus Christ. Right now, I'm sponsoring a kid in Haiti. She's four years old. That's the time that I was intervened at. And I think that's the time that I need to intervene to a child and changed the whole course of their life. I am so grateful that compassion and through the ministry that they have across the world has changed my life and who I am. I'm ready to stand in the gap for many others who just need somebody to stand in the gap for them.
1: Isn't that great? (laughs) Here's a young man whose life was changed by the love of Christ being put in action through a young 20-year-old, and now he's standing in the gap and helping others. One question, have you ever talked to your sponsor?
0: No. You have not? No. Well, would you like to meet him right now? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mark Hales, Jimmy's sponsor. Sat at a conference with 10,000 people, we were all crying. Because you suddenly saw this tangible result of the reality that many of you who sponsor children, and many of you this morning who may sponsor a child, can make in the lives of these kids. We just have no idea. And I love being a part of a church that doesn't just exist for ourselves, that's willing to run miles and miles to raise money for a hospital or given an offering to help plant churches across the world, or maybe even this morning sponsor a child who we may never get to meet like Jimmy, but whose life we will change for eternity.